outcast. Outcast. The outcast. Outcast. Are you an outcast? Welcome to the Outcast Trading Podcast. They're losers. They're just losers. And we're the only people that could get dragged onto this podcast. Anyways, welcome to the scuffed. Scuffed as fuck. <laughs> Great podcast. to be here. Yeah, uh, so why don't you introduce yourselves? Uh, we got Moro. All right, listen. Been <laughs> asking me for twelve fucking podcasts, getting on his trash shit, and now that he's off, I'm here. It's gonna be the best one yet. Bet. All right, moving on. Yeah, uh, you got John. You can Ooh, just say hello. Who's ready to buy some rare earth metals? <laughs> Everyone and DW. Hey, what's up? What up? DW at 45 minutes late, man. Yeah. Uh, fashionably late. I don't yeah, know. It's actually... very fashionable. <laughs> it sounds pretty out of style for 2021. Why is that in here? All right. So, John, you were saying it's like a dartboard, uh, this market, because literally you can just make money anywhere, like Doge or like. Rare earth metals. Just look at the S and P. We are it's riding. This, we're riding the same trend, and we have been for three months. Dude, uh, it faked out so hard. It was like, oh, I'm going to go down. Nope, still strong. Yep, that was September. Was five months now. We had a big September and October. Just bottomed out at three eighteen, three twenty line. And since then, we've just been running this one channel all the way up. Okay, so TLDR, just buy every red day with calls. Honestly. Buy the fucking dip, dude. It's funny how it's like so many people predicted essentially like uh, full blue, like how essentially a divided house and Senate would be good for like the market. But when we went full blue, it just completely proceeded to just keep going up <laughs> no and the day that the georgia runoff election results were released it was a plus like oh, yeah, three or no, four percent day it rocketed on that election results all of that the market loves this upcoming government i think it's more so tired like it the market at a certain point like it just got tired of the whole Trump Twitter market where any sort of news, like he could tweet some bullshit and then it just ruins everything that happened that day. You know, the Trump pump was real though. The Trump pump was was 110% real. No, I mean, exactly. And it it goes the other way where it got to times where it's like he would tweet something and then it would proceed to go up like one per honestly, like about 1% or so. But, that, but I am also welcoming the reduction in volatility from that. It, it got a, it got to a point where the volatility outweighed the gains and that the stability needed to be brought in. Do you remember when you could buy like a put for $600 and it was like 20 points out of the money on, <laughs> on SPY and you'd lose it like the next day because it didn't go down 15 points? Like, yeah, I don't miss <laughs> that shit at all. Right? Options on spy in general are just just pure ass gambling, asking to lose everything. To be honest with you, no, yeah, but I mean, like that was the level of volatility we were dealing with. I've done pretty well with spy calls lately. 
No, it, you got to be, and you got to be, I feel like to place spy options, you have to be purely focused on spy and understand the movements to a T. Like Jake's been doing well with that. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, until he got burned for like what? Exactly. And, then, and then he said, that's what happens, you know? Like he, he makes one bad call and then he's down like $3,600. Yeah. What I've learned is just to buy every red day and buy like a monthly on spy. It will always go in the money. That's honestly not even a horrible play. You just got to buy far enough out that you're, and you're will, you got to be willing to hold the couple of weeks that like it does stay flat or hold. For that. sure. Well, and I also think we're like far enough out of the choppy waters that it feels different from like middle of the crash where it was like calls were looked down upon as like some fool's bet. Mm. Whereas now it's like, why aren't you buying calls, dude? Exactly. <laughs> we're back to business as usual. We're there well was- and beyond all time highs. There was about two, there's a couple weeks essentially in, the, in the, the last two weeks. I mean, where like I got to a point where I felt like, especially like looking at all like the TikTok investors and hearing like fucking Mia Khalifa giving stock tips on, tips on Benzinga, like where I thought this legitimately, there's no way this wasn't a bubble. But I think like with GME falling as it did and then the rest of the market holding up as well as it did, I do actually think this is just going to keep continue to go as it does. It did also kind of threaten it though. We saw some big liquidation when we started no, to see yeah. some of the hedges liquidate out. And that's what I was worried about. I, I, I held spy puts through that as well. And we had that one day where it started it, SMP went down or spy went down like eight to 10 points. Mm-hmm. But then the next day it proceeded the rebound. Like that was like a Friday. And then they proceeded the rebound, like that plus more on the next Monday. I'm still mad that I didn't play. Um, also, I forgot to mention I'm Hava. I'm not Ebox. <laughs> <laughs> we we were all told to be buzzed for this podcast, so this is like super scuffed. Um Oh yeah, this is definitely gonna. It's gonna be a, quite the podcast. I'm gonna be amazed if he puts it up. I'll be so happy if he puts it up. I really am gonna be depressed if he doesn't. To be honest, because I have been avoiding him for fucking like <laughs> the entire time the podcast has existed, and now I'm on one. I literally just forgot what we were talking about. Uh, we we're talking about turbulence it. in the market and how it's at a. Re- it's definitely <laughs> gone down. Volatility has definitely gone down on average on the market. Oh yeah, uh, I was so mad at myself for not grabbing the shares that melvin capital owned because every single big position they had dipped like dipped heavy because they had to completely liquidate and uh like pinterest went down to 62 and it went up to 76 holy shit yeah i've I've seen pinterest called by a couple people not even 76 it's we are up and beyond that it's that's pretty interesting. I just pulled up the chart and it had a five percent day the other day. I called it, dude, and people were so sucked into GME that they completely fucking ignored me. And you know what? That's the biggest thing I feel like I, like I've noticed lately. People get like GME and like AMC and plays like that. People got so focused on them that they forget the fact that there's so many other plays to make. Yep. Oh, I'm so mad at myself. So. You know how Pets was called out during that a bunch? And mm. I was talking about it a lot, too, because I made $1,200 on one of the, I think it was Wednesday during that week. And then I lost it on the backside uh, two days later, just because it completely ripped the face out from underneath it. 
Mm-hmm. There's so many. There's so much stuff that was going on that week that just got absolutely annihilated. And you know what? Can, something I I feel like I want to preach real quick. Which quick shout out to Outlets Trading. They've taught me this a lot too, as well. Like you look at GME's pattern and how much it's gained. The small. The, like if you you need to realize small there's small market caps that do this shit like on the weekly you know mm-hmm. like Sava the last week like I had a hundred shares of Sava I got it nine dollars and I sold it fifty bucks you know and then it shit went up to one hundred and ten bucks it was insane yeah We're, like what is how does like, that happen this was literally a dollar they had like a thousand dollar price target or some shit yeah no and and I I tried to preach that one too but then I mean the I mean if you actually read the article it turned it like looking at it it was more so how our, like alzheimer's treatment is a huge potential right now is like it's a huge issue there the the revenue has huge potential i don't remember the article right now because as you can tell by this whole podcast we're all drunk <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but like but the- i know what you're saying like literally just off hype alone Shit can just literally go to its price target in like a day. All I'm saying is there like there's so many small smaller cap tickers that you you can recognize the fucking like I said, like I've been preaching before, price action and volume and get the same not not quite the same, but similar gains as you get on GME, you know? Well and it's like uh I don't know how to say this. Um if there are any new investors listening to this for whatever reason, however you ended up in this backwater shithole of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I applaud you. Yeah. You've really gone deep really fast. Um, (laughs) Like GME is not the only play. Like, I don't know how people can't see this. Like this shit is happening all the time. And actually like that week, tons of shit popped off. Like, Moderna. I completely lost track of Moderna. I had I had 136 calls. It went to 180. Mm-hmm. And I was like not even paying attention because of GME. So no, like, that's the thing. People so people fixated on that. I mean, look at this past week. I mean, everyone wanted to talk about GME. Like, no offense, I'll bring him up. Saul, I love the guy, but that's all he could focus on. But like in the past week alone, I made like five grand just from trading lower cap, like biotech and. Just in general, there's been a lot of big biotech movement the last few days, last couple of weeks. I, I I feel like in general, there's so much potential there. It's just it's such a hard one to recognize, you know. There's well, a company, Aganus, which is based out of Massachusetts, which I know because a relative of mine works there. Um, they just uh, spiked off of something that they off of. Uh, they're working on a COVID uh, treatment. The uh, it's called an INTK uh, therapy. INTK is used in treatment for cancer, and they're it's like a Terminator cell. They it kills public information, right, John? Yes, public information (laughs) because the the, (laughs) their phase one results just came out last Thursday, and they had like a fifteen percent spike. Oh yeah. No, I mean that's the thing. Like, I, you know, I'm in biotech. I've I've never said anything about anything like with what I do or anything like that. But um, you know, all these biotechs, 
it, it is the reason they feel like lottos is because like the FDA feels like a coin flip because you're not there. So like you, you don't know how sure their technology is and every cl- clinical trial is like, yep. am I going to lose my entire port on this or am I going to make like a thousand percent overnight? That's, and that's why I don't really play biotech. And that's something I've kind of, and yeah, I, I feel like biotech, you got to be completely ready to lose all of the money you go into most of these. Um, but one thing I've almost feel like I've noticed lately and that, like Sava even more so confirmed that is like phase one confirm like phase three is where 99% of these trials fail. Yep. Like phase one and two have much easier regulations to pass, you know? So like essentially That's absolutely you're, talking about, <laughs> you're talking about going into it's passing because phase, phase one and two have much smaller participation numbers necessary. Exactly. Yeah, exactly like that Aganus trial I'm talking foods. about. They only have four people that have taken it. And that's, that's, I mean, that's why I sold Sava when I did, because like after that pop, I, I essentially read into it and it was essentially phase two of an Alzheimer's um, potential drug. But then I like looked into it and I was like 99, it said, it said like 99.5% of them fail in phase three. So it's like, I mean, I, I get the price target. I get that, but it's like, at that point, I'm not taking the risk. Is there the legitimate fundamentals and like actual product to get it there? But it's hard to fucking rely on fundamentals in this market anymore, dude. Yeah, fundamentals are the window. I I mean they just, they do kind of matter. I feel almost more in like just look at games. Just look at GameStop though. I I saw a meme that was. Imagine you spend $150,000 in four years in college to learn efficient market theory, and then the stock just goes 10,000% in six months. Well, yeah. that's the thing, though. Like, this is what you know, non-traders don't recognize, which is like the fundamentals will matter if you're going to hold the stock for like 10 years or something, right? And you know, if you're making a real investment... Of course you care like how much money they make and shit like that. But if you're a trader, there's plenty of funky shit that can happen. Yeah. With like, that's, a good, that's a good point. Fundamentals matter more for more for long-term investments. Fundamentals like, matter until they don't. Until something like news or market turbulence or really just anything that'll change your day comes around. It affects the market. But I yeah. mean, in general, if you're going long term, though, I mean, at some point, like right. the fundamentals are going to outweigh the the news. Even just look at the, this crash from COVID, just flashing the pan in the long term. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, at it's, this it's point, actually insane looking back on it. Anyone, like, yeah, my like, I know my dad's four hundred one k. He didn't really sell anything, and it's above to where it was pre crash. Yeah, and we're still like borderline in a pandemic. Not even borderline. We're still not like, even borderline. We are in a <laughs> We're literally in the peak. The numbers get We're worse the every peak day. Of <laughs> yeah, I know. It, 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 <laughs> I, I just say that because it, it, like it doesn't. It hasn't affected me so much that personally, but it doesn't even hit me as sometimes that like. We're oh really yeah, it's, it's hard because it's so like invisible, and when you're only inside, it's like you don't see it. Yeah, and like I, I mean, I still work in the public, and like just the other day, like I actually. About a week ago, we had our first COVID case in in my shop, and I'm, I work in retail. Like when we've been open since August, and that's kind of wild. Man. That's actually insane. I have not stopped working since uh, 
COVID. I never stopped. Never got unemployed. I was kind of mad I didn't get unemployed. I would have made more money. Dude, I was about to say, I'm so fucking glad I got unemployed because like I got the, I actually got the tax forms the other day for the unemployment and it, it told me I made about 12000 from unemployment. Anybody listening over the age of like 40 is going to be like, wow, these kids are so young. <laughs> you think anyone over the age of 40 is listening to this? Exactly. <laughs> Yo, Smanty, what's up? <laughs> Trav. Yo, Trav. Yo, Trav's on God like forty-five. No, he is. Yeah, but Trav's smart as hell. <laughs> Trav's forty-five has like fifteen kids. I like his memes though. DW, I got. He's, he's a great memer. Slightly racist sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Just DW, like, what's up? I have to ask you. Yeah. How, how bullish is BlackBerry? I'm gonna say. Hella bullish. It's so hella bullish. bullish, dude. It's so bullish. It's actually unreal. They did well the other day, didn't they? Oh, they're recovering hard. And, and they fast. got a new price target. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they only got a small price um, price um, degrade because of this whole squeeze thing. But now people are realizing how much they've like changed the company around. Yeah, they have something like four thousand patents. It's not a joke. Like I'm sure, yeah, it's not like worth fifty right now, but. Over time, as they improve their revenues, it should go back up to what it was. The, the way people are hyping it right now, like the way I'm hearing about the technology, it feels like that like slow creep Google shit where it's like before you even know it, like they control all information. So I don't know. Like I'm unbelievably bullish on it and I want to buy a 2023 leap. It would be great if they could partner with uh, Palantir. So they also yeah. like work with a lot of data and analytics. Can we talk? Speaking of which, okay, sorry to be sorry to just barge in. Um, if you are not in Palantir in the near future, I I think it's in fifty within the next few months. I really do. No, I agree. I don't. I just I don't even know if I have the capital I, to stretch out. All right, explain to me this. What is what is Palantir? I do not follow Palantir. I see it all the time. I know I've missed out by not following it. What is Palantir? It's essentially just more so that like it's it's honestly it's kind of terrifying what it actually is. It's more so like tracking as far as data, as far as like COVID. They do like COVID tracing, like they have access to like you and who you are in contact with. It's kind of terrifying. I I am aware. They're basically like uh, probably the most capable big data company out there right now. Probably from what it sounds like, like. They're actually uh, insane at compiling like um, just you know thirty variables into a meaningful result, basically. Yeah, and they're getting they're like getting way too many government contracts for me to feel comfortable with them as a you know just a thing that exists. And they also build platforms for companies to specialize in data. So they have like a lot of revenue sources. Yeah, I'm. I, that's that's it's like one. every day they get a contract. I, sure. like I just open their news feed. It's like Palantir awarded a contract. That's what I'm saying. And demo day disappointed pretty hard. Like I mean, you look. It shot up to 45, and then we we broke back down to 35. We're getting volume. I think it's disappointing important. because most people don't really know what was going on in that demo. It was very technical, and that's why <laughs> the thing is people hyped it. It was another thing where people like Tesla Tesla's battery day, dude. It it was like released too early where so many people got so hyped up on it where if it didn't blow them out of the water it was a complete failure you know don't even start talking about lithium dog 
<laughs> oh yeah, let's oh. let's let's start, John. Let's let's talk about your lack. And then Mayor Middles, buddy, let's hear it. We, we really want to talk about Lithium Americas right now. I mean, I'm also in, in uh, LAC with you. So, I mean, I'm mad. I'm mad. I missed the first pump on LAC. I was actually I watching it before it. The popped. whole industry went up 400 percent over the last yeah. year. So right now, TA wise, it's kind of in a consolidation period, essentially. Yeah, it looks it's like it's consolidating the support, basically. We're bouncing around this 18, like in between 18.8 and 21 right now. It's seen some spikes up, seen pulled back a little bit. And that's what made me mad about GameStop is <clears throat> this was popping off that week, and like the Monday 125 when it opened, it tried to break out, and they got sidetracked by everything, by that big position sell off but lithium americas is what i think is going to be the premier north american lithium supplier for the united states they that's a good good one to get in i feel like rare metals are one you really want to look at another one not to totally take that away from you um but arec american resources they just are essentially supplying a lot of steel alloys to the infrastructure market in general. Well, I will say this. If any of them go up, you could be in any of them and it might be good, but go on, John. So <laughs> LAC is interesting because of the Thacker Pass approval. Thacker Pass is a lithium mine in Nevada. It is set to be the second largest lithium mine in the world. The largest is in Australia. So as it is transport, it's a Chinese-owned mine in Australia. So lithium is shipped from Australia to China to the United States. With the opening of a major mine in North America, it completely cuts out that shipping cost. Yeah, it's actually pretty huge. Um, so Lithium America is the one hundred percent owner of Thacker Pass. It sets a be able to produce, I think, 30,000 tons of lithium in the first few years, and that's set to ramp up to 60, which is a considerable amount. It's That's a large amount of the con- current production. Um, they have all the permits necessary. They got... I forget which the, the actual permit. It's like the right to build or something like that. They have an undeniable, written into stone right to mine that territory in Nevada. It's gonna. There's a bunch of protests going on about it, even though I think they're small. They have an undeniable right to mine that now because of the way it went through. And where it gets even more fun is the chief technical officer for the project is a guy by the name of uh, Dr. uh, Reen LeBlanc. He originally worked at Lithia uh, Livent for a few years and then moved to Tesla to work for evaluating suppliers for lithium on a global basis for a few years. And has since moved from there to Lithium Americas, where he has been the chief so technical there, yeah, officer. Yeah. Uh, since they're all so there's, there, 
Lithium Americas is also opening another mine, in, or it's a bri- lithium brine operation in Argentina this year, like Q3 2021, which is set to be the third largest operation in the world be- behind Thacker Pass. He's been the chief technical officer for both of these. And I don't, it, that's pretty bullish if you ask me. It's no. that alone. He worked for the, for supplying lithium on a global basis. Like, if that doesn't add, like, the mine's three hours from a Tesla Gigafactory in Nevada. Okay, that's, that's pretty disgusting. I'm looking at his LinkedIn profile, and it says that. Uh, Lithium America's um, headquarters are in Reno, Nevada, which is exactly like where the Gigafactory is. No. Um, he's been um, asked in interviews before about it, and the response was, Tesla knows we are here. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. What a flex. John, can I ask a question? Slash, can you explain yep. to anyone that's still listening if they are somehow? Besides, obviously, the the obvious battery usage. Is there any other practical usages for lithium that we need to be considering? I mean, they're in most modern battery, even, even besides EV usage, which don't get me started on that. Because <laughs> EVs are the hot thing right now. Every car company wants to make an EV because that is the future of selling cars. You are going to need an electric vehicle. You are going to have to sell an electric vehicle to stay afloat. Uh, multiple states, including my own Massachusetts, has said that by like 2050, there's going to be no sale of new piston, uh, piston engines, essentially. Oh, no gas-powered engines sold in the state. Idiot. You are going to need to sell an electric vehicle to stay afloat. And what do you need to have an electric vehicle? A battery. A <laughs> battery. Now, can I ask, someone talked about cell phones. Is there the potential for lithium batteries to expand beyond vehicles? Yes. You also already- forgot about um, energy storage. That's also a pretty big factor going forward. With solar, you got to capture the energy and put it into batteries as well for like static storage. Yep. That's actually a good point that I haven't gone much, got, like thought much into. I mean, if you want to just look at like, uh, yeah, the expansion of solar, and that's also like a Biden thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, he's he's going to be pushing solar. Um, yeah, I'm in blink charging. Yeah, uh, anything, honestly, anything EV clean energy right yeah. now is. You, I mean, that's why I'm also in ICLN leaps. Uh, I talked to John about this. Like, yeah, it's looking good so far. CLN, There's also they, been. Didn't they go fat after hours? CLN. Um, <laughs> yeah, I see it. It's the global clean oh, energy. Yeah. Nah, it doesn't look like it did today, but it had a big push early July, or early January. I know. It's still the all time on that chart is pretty. Not the all time, but the the year on that is pretty disgusting. But that is a thing that you should definitely look at the all time on because they. We're pretty large uh, in like 2008. There's so many all time charts right now that I feel like I just, you look at them and you're like, I mean, I'm young. I don't know how, I have not been trading for 
14 years. I don't know how to read that. I don't know what to think about that. Because well, I know okay. a lot I, of what they're... I know what to think. <laughs> can, can I tell you how I feel about it? Yeah. Because, like, <clears throat> I, I've said this in chat, like, I don't even know, probably 10 times. I've probably said it three times on the podcast. I think this is the decade where everyone's going to be looking at these all-time charts and they're going to be like, wow, these are so overvalued. They're almost at their bubble point or whatever the fuck, right? Um, I think it's bullshit because I think these technologies are finally reaching the point where the promises they made in 2005 or 2010 or whenever the fuck they went to 60,000 before they reverse split 10 times, they're actually able to do it now because they have the technology, the research has advanced. So, I and you have the demand as well. The demand is yeah, here now. Exactly. Like, especially with EVs, like, you know, people still shit on EVs. Like they're not going to be a thing. Like, no, they're absolute. Like this is, this is the moment to get on e- EVs. Cause it's like, there's no top for EVs right. as and, I see it right now. And no, hundred percent. I feel like with every, even so quote unquote bubble we get, like, I mean, you look back into like the 2009, there's, there's still shit that emerged from it. Like, the tech companies that did emerge from that dot com era, I feel like right now we're at a point where it's like, let's, let's look at like the 3D printing companies, like you said, the fucking EV companies, these like they, these companies are the future of our infrastructure. Bullish. And like, even if the rest of the market is in a bubble, it's still not a horrible thing to invest in these companies because you think in general it is. Friend of mine has been incredibly bullish recently. I I'm 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 with him to be honest. I I that's there's such a future in just every business aspect there, dude. Eventually, I I still think 3D printing is a little more nascent. I still feel like it's like, uh, but I don't know enough about it. I mean, it it could be that it is where it needs to be, but. For me, uh, 3D printing feels like electric uh, vehicles were like 10 years ago right now. I mean, I I just feel like it's like if you compare about like in general, like factory production and like if you look at any any in general part for like any replacement part for any small tinker thing you have or like, I mean, like I today I fixed the snowboard binding that I they had to order a whole new plastic thing for. Right. But it's like bring in 3d printing they don't have to build this big plastic chassis they just literally print it on the spot and send it to them i feel like in there's so many uses it has that yeah. just weren't being tapped into because of the cost of getting a 3d printer getting into the sector yeah i think as the price goes down on just the entire process uh it's just gonna get more and more bullish as it and becomes we- more viable you can compare that to EV as well. I mean, the EV is not cheap right now. Teslas are expensive as hell. We're looking at Lucid for sixty nine nine. It's like we're still very on the early early section of a lot of these these whole sectors. I feel like I yeah. personally am not bullish on Lucid. I'm whoa. You're yeah, that's a, that's a hard that's a harsh take, isn't it? No, it's okay. No, yeah, talk about it. Talk about it. So, I mean, I can see it. I can see them still being a competing company, 
My problem with them is their first products are outrageously expensive. Maybe not outrageously, but their cheapest model set to release that they're actually planning right now is going to be eighty thousand dollars. Your average yeah. person, your average like, who's buying an eighty thousand dollar car that you know right now? Wait, which company you're talking about? Lucid. Lucid. Oh, Lucid Motors. Okay. And then their first vehicle that's coming out, it's still their first vehicle, so we haven't even seen what they can do production-wise. Everybody knows the problems Tesla has had since their production has started. It's going to be $160,000 for their first vehicle. I mean, the CEO openly said that he doesn't (laughs) want to compete with Tesla. He's he's competing with Mercedes. He wants to head towards the luxury segment of EVs, not the mass market right now. (laughs) Yeah, starting in the luxury. But... Didn't that start with the fucking It's not or? competing with them right now, though, because you have to think, what's in the available market for EVs? To be honest, EV, shop- EV is begging for a like, uh, mid-level. They don't even have enough cars to sell. So, I mean, I don't know. That, that sounds bullish to me, almost. It's like they're just filling another need for uh, income bracket <laughs> that doesn't have... Um, but a thing to remember also is even at the $80,000 purchase price, you're competing with like the Porsche Taycan and the P100D, which are right now the top of the line EVs. Now, a 2021 Taycan is only a hundred is $104,000. Now, that's, 69 to 104,000 is a little quite the difference. Let's. But with the first Not, vehicle right. coming out right. being with the first vehicle com- coming out being hundred and sixty thousand dollars, and the mid price vehicle I believe was a hundred and twenty thousand. What do you for which one? For Lucid. There's I know right. there's three vehicles there, there, coming out, right? It was like sixty nine. For the very very base model, the Lucid Air. One second, I'm gonna pull it up. But the thing is, is that their first vehicle is going to be the $160,000 intro one. And also, I think their their website's misleading when you open it up. Max projected range starting from and then max power. That max power is only on that $160,000 price option, not the so, 69000 one. Do, do you know what the first car Tesla publicly releases? It was a Roadster, yeah, and back yeah, in the yeah. at the time. Anyone? I don't even know what they sold for production. It was one hundred nine thousand dollars. Yep. But so that was in, in what year? One hundred nine thousand dollar car was the first one they released, and I don't think that's ridiculous to compare it to the numbers that Lucid is putting out in eleven years later, with the fact that money has inflated. So the $69,000 model is the Lucid Air. It's just the Air without any like, words beside it. Because like, the most expensive one is like, the Grand. Yeah, so the Air Dream Edition, the Air Grand Touring, the Air Touring. All right. Now we're talking cars. So um, <laughs> I'm going to transition this to uh, bum, 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 final trades. Now it's time for final trades. Lithium Americas. I'm super duper bullish on Lithium Americas. I have 165 shares right now. 
Damn, uh, boy. I am super bullish on the long term. It's holding very good support for this $18, $19 range. I realistically see them at $60 in the year. I think they're going to go very high over the next couple of years as demand for lithium comes in. All right. What about you, Myra? So I am in VisLink, which is, I have 400 shares. It is essentially a, like more so a, a sports recording company. They are, uh, have a good contract to record the Super Bowl. Uh, they went up like 13% after hours. Feeling pretty bullish on that one. I got Tilray, 100 shares there. I'm pretty bullish on the weed sector. I feel like the Senate and Congress are going to approve that pretty soon, especially they're approving uh, they've approved some recent bills for research on it, which is why I am and also in ZYNE, Zyneba Pharmaceuticals. They're researching more of the medical side as far as marijuana aspect. I'm also in Palantir. We talked about that earlier. I have under shares. Uh, CCIV, Lucid, I'm taking that risk as well. I do believe that there is a prospect for the it, the risk is more so worth it there on that aspect. Plus I bought it at 16. Also AGFY, it is more so a marijuana company as well compared to Tilray. That is like uh, less so hands-on and more so comparing to the uh, automated aspect of it and their uh, debt and compared to Tilray and Growth Corp and such are very bullish. Um, So I just rambled on for like a minute and no one understood any of what I said or cared about it. So next. No, no, I followed at least like, half of those stocks what about you dude? i'll take it, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah all right so start with my biggest position which is right now tesla because i'm a pretty pretty very oh, big fan old of guy tesla boy i have i think by now i have 85 shares of tesla Ooh. i've been collecting them since the march crash so Rich it's pretty well for myself then i got <laughs> apple also long term but i'm very very bullish on cciv and blackberry right now uh those are what give me a lot of hope I hope the merger comes through and I hope they don't bamboozle their investors because like they have so much money at hand and I don't know why they would not go with this merger. I don't think they're going to bamboozle. I think they'll go. I definitely think they're going to go through with that merger, especially the way they're talking. They're going to lose so much. I feel like if they don't. Yeah, it's it's only going to help them if they do go with the merger. Um, I have a small position in QQQJ Leaps, um, LEC with John. I'm also considering getting TAN, which is the solar ETF, I believe. Yep, I'm also very bullish on TAN. So I think oh, solar has almost a pretty good future. Last shout out to HOL. I've been hearing about that recently, more so. Not a huge company yet, but, but like a uh, rocket company getting into more so bringing satellites to space. ArcG got in as well recently. Worth a look. HOL. Anything space is good. Yeah, uh, I feel like there's a lot of room there, so it's just worth a look, you know, right now. SPCE has been uh, doing very well the last couple That of shit, I don't even... Uh, that shit got wild. Yeah, I don't, I'm still waiting on SPCE to have a functioning business model to buy it. <laughs> I remember owning 100 shares at 1800 being like... They're like $18 being like, fuck, I feel like I should invest in something more profitable. Like, you know, game <laughs> What yeah, are they sitting at right have, now? Uh, like fifty something, right? Yeah, fifty four. Like fifty four. Yeah, it's it's way too high. Personal opinion. All right, <laughs> well, too high we just hit the four L mark, and I feel like we should really just call it after all those exits right there. Hey, I want to call my place, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, <laughs> never mind. I didn't hear you. <laughs> play. 
<laughs> blink. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm heavy in blink. Um, I don't care how many bad reviews Tweak posted on Discord. It, the chart just looks bullish. Um, I'm in Fubo. They're supposed to have a Super Bowl commercial. Uh, they're Fubo heavily, yeah, uh, Fubo's heavily shorted still, unlike GameStop. It never got squeezed. Um, and it's basically like sports streaming with DKNG wrapped right into it, which is like about as bullish as I can get. Probably going to buy a BB Leap this Monday. Playing dog for fun. And Coca-Cola. I got some Coca-Cola earnings calls. Nice. Very boomer of you. Bro, Very I boomer. wait for Coca-Cola to explode to fucking, like... It's just going to pop to 54, like, overnight. It is so oversold right now. What's the, what's the ceiling on Coca-Cola, though? Because I feel like soda, definitely on the downtrend right now. Healthy yeah, drinks, the- definitely on the uptrend right now. Kombucha, oh. definitely on the uptrend right now. You know what? Get me, in some or- get, me some, get me in some orange juice futures, dog. <laughs> Bullish, Dude. healthy drink. <laughs> John, here's what I'm saying. Coke is so big. They see a healthy competitor, they just buy it. Like they already have like three of the. I think they bought Body Armor for like some billions of dollars. I so. completely believe it. I know These guys were putting food. cocaine in their drink in like the nineteen early nineteen hundreds. <laughs> they have ruthless. money. They're ruthless. I know this is your first one, but y'all gotta really learn how to end a podcast. You all just gotta like. Hey, to- yo! I was ending it. This is nowhere near a. Hey, you're the one that made me start drinking before this. Kind of got to just. What a great ending to a really scuffed podcast. (laughs) He really. Uh, I mean, I feel like shut the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up! All right, say bye. 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 Please consider all risks. Trades and objectives carefully. Outcast Trading is not financial advisor and does not recommend or condone any particular trade.